everybody. Welcome to another episode of PE and Health Beyond Fitness or Physical Education and Health Beyond Fitness, a podcast about health and physical education beyond the contemporary views of what we or the contemporary views of health and fitness and physical activity and diets and all of this cool stuff. Uh, in this podcast, I talk about, I share my journey and explore uh, uh, information or the topics of, uh, or how, of how psychology, uh, culture, um, religion, politics, uh, technology, and science affect how we see and engage in physical education or in physical activity, I'm sorry, and in healthy practices. Okay, and all taken from or viewed from a perspective that is philosophical, psychological, educational, of course, and um, scientific and anthropological. Okay, um, as I always say at the beginning, I want to thank those of you who have been watching these videos or hearing uh, uh, the podcast. There's been a few episodes that I haven't done the video. Uh, sometimes if I'm driving, I will just record the podcast from the car without having the video and just upload it there to my Anchor app. And you can find the podcast on different uh, platforms. You can go, uh, I, I think it's Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, I think it is. And um, I think where every awesome podcast is being played on there. Okay. And so thank you again. Uh, always, I'm always saying to hit like, share this with your friends and family and make comments, participate in this podcast uh, by making comments, uh, even letting me know that you don't agree with what I'm saying here. Uh, and I think that's very important because we can have a friendly conversation and maybe come to terms and get to know each other a little more or even both come to a, a conclusion of, or a better conclusion of what health and physical education are, or I can learn things. Okay, so I will encourage you to participate and encourage your friends to participate too. Okay, um, today I want to talk about two topics or aspects of health and and, and fitness and physical education that I've been wanting to talk for a while. And I just was doing a little research about it and I just made my notes are here uh, so I might be reading a little bit but I want to talk about fear and goal settings okay uh, and these are things that are not everybody's talking about before I continue um, I want to remind you why uh, uh, what am I doing here and why is it that I am doing this so I started this podcast again to share the journey of me writing a book about health and physical education. I am a physical educator and I am a fitness professional, has been doing that for 16 years. I have various certifications on health and athletic training and, and, and everything related to fitness and a degree in physical education and also a, a, another degree in business and marketing, but that's uh, not entirely related. But I started sharing the negative aspects of health and the negative aspects of fitness and the negative aspects of dieting and, and, and even the negative aspects of physical education for the mere reason that nobody's talking about it. Or I would say, I wouldn't say nobody, but almost nobody's talking about it. Very little people are 
creating this conscience about developing intuition rather than following a specific path, right? And intuition is a very personal thing. And I wanted to mention and talk about these things because again, nobody's talking about it. And I've read so many, I've done so much research for my book and reading reports and, and based on my experience, either at school or at gyms or at fitness studios or as a personal trainer or having worked in physical therapy as a physical therapist aide, in which there is a danger for these things. There is an actual danger for, you know, supplementing too much. There is an actual danger for dieting too much. There is an actual danger for exercising too much. There is an actual danger to being extremely positive. Um, and I think it is important that we, we know these things, that we understand that these things are real in order for us to have a, a better approach, a more neutral approach to our individual health and fitness and, and a more neutral approach to how we then engage in society. Because at the end, health and health after all is the way for us to survive and procreate. That's what every organism and every species, uh, species so far found in the known universe or in the earth do. We're looking for ways to just survive as much as we can and to procreate and perpetuate the species. Okay. So seeing it from that perspective, we have to understand what's going on, the things that affect us positively, but also the things that affect us negatively and be able to develop plans of action or attack for these things. So the, the topics today is uh, one is fear and the other one is goal settings. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch the topic of fear from, uh, I think, an unexpected approach. Many reports or many articles talk about, you know, the, the fear that people get when they get to the gym or the fear that students get when they get to a specific class and they don't dominate a specific uh, skill or the fear that clients get when they, you know, hire a personal trainer and feel that they will not be able to perform or the fear of uh, uh, not being able to fit in a group because of not being able to do a, either a diet or an exercise program and so on. Um, but I'm not talking. I'm not talking about that. I think there is too much from that perspective. And as I've always said, you know, there is always if, if things can go one way, there is always the possibility of them going another way. And I will try to to talk about a different perspective of that fear. Okay, and as I said, leave your comments and let me know what you think about this. But the first thing we need to understand is that fear is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay, um, according to many uh, evolutionary biologists and psychologists, uh, fear is a defense mechanism. It's part of our defense mechanisms in order to survive. Okay, say that you were hanging out with your friend when we were a caveman and we were hanging out near a cliff and one of one of the the group members just fell down because it was too close to the edge or because the it was too close to the edge and the edge broke then the rest of the group developed this defense mechanism called fear in which we say all right let's not get too close to this edge okay and it is almost intuitively or instinctively that we that we do that okay um, so that's a defense mechanism it's not a bad thing Okay, same thing, you know, if, if someone tries to walk on water 
because you know let's just say that we're again cavemen and and we didn't have we, uh, nobody have ever experienced water before uh and then this group member decides to just try and walk and it's just a you know a very deep uh, lake for example and this person drowns then we develop a fear of trying to walk water okay and you know i can i can give many examples but i think these are very uh, general ones and and i i think you get the point fear also moves us to find food to defend ourselves to defend our loved ones to find jobs for example to find and go to college and 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 get different knowledges and things like that um so i mean it's this it's not a bad thing and i think in, in in my opinion this is why it is very important for us to understand that fear is real and that not everything is beautiful and we have to be smiling all day and 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 we need to be realistic about our, our how we see life okay and there's nothing wrong with smiling okay sometimes people call me smiling but i'm not smiling every day if i wake up you know not feeling in a good mood i will not be smiling all day okay uh and and we talk about the importance and the positive aspect of exercising and things like that but even me being a fitness coach or being a physical educator or a trainer i don't feel like exercising every day and there is sometimes really good reason for not doing it it could be that i'm too tired and i don't have the energy to do it and trying to do it may lead to injury for example it could be that maybe there is a joint that is bothering and i know that if i do something i may end up more injured and so that's important to see too so although there is good reasons to practice health in general there is also good reasons for sometimes saying all right no i'm not doing that i'm not uh eating you know like i'm not practicing this diet or i'm not taking these pills or i'm not i'm not exercising this way or i'm not exercising at all okay um and on the negative side of fear though i think that it is the way that we react to it that uh if, if if we react in a way that it leads us to our desired outcome uh that is in a way harmful or unhealthy or even leads us to death then that's the problem of fear that's when it becomes a negative thing um and i took a few notes about it i can hear so for example let's just say that you're crossing the street and there's a car coming and we all have this uh, reaction that is called the freeze fight or flight effect right in which we either freeze to make a predator this is something that comes from the past right we used to freeze to make a predator think that we are not either game for them or we fight in order to survive or we flight we run to get out of danger however that evolutionary uh, um, thing that we're having here does not necessarily apply to all situations so let's just say that our car is coming and we freeze then it'll lead you away from your desired outcome to survive that situation um or let's just bring it to a more social thing let's just say that you want to finish or you need to finish a job but you are afraid of talking to your boss and asking questions about it or to your teacher and asking questions about it then it'll lead for you to fail that job or to not finish it okay which would will be considered failure okay um or 
bringing it to exercise and diet, uh, say that you understand that you need to stop an exercise program or a diet that are too extreme, that are harmful, that are toxic to you, but you are afraid of stopping them because you know you think or, or because the group that you are part of will not accept you okay then that will also lead to to negative um, um, negative things okay uh, toxicity and stress and depression and sometimes it might lead to an addiction something that you cannot control in the end uh, or to physical harm or psychological harm and so on and in a few cases it had led to suicide Suicide is a very interesting topic, um, and not many people talk about these things when, as as it relates to to health and and physical education and fitness. And I haven't found much information about it. There is plenty of information, I I, I bet, uh, but I'm doing a lot of research. Just a couple of uh, uh, reports and studies that have been found, in which people uh, end up committing suicide just because they don't they don't they're too uh, into their exercise addiction or a diet addiction that they end up either dying for an accident well that's not suicide or they they end up taking their life um, because they think they're not worthy if they don't you know hit certain weight or certain performance and things like that uh, or they feel that there will not be uh, uh, they feel that they don't belong in society if they don't they don't uh, accomplish certain goals okay um, I, 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 this is just some examples okay I am no psychologist and I by no means I'm saying that that's the only reason for for suicide but it is something that I am very interested in and I will be finding someone uh, a psychologist for example who have worked with that and see if that person has experience with people who have been uh, having like eating disorders or exercise disorders and see how they have approached this because it's very interesting um, so anyways coming back to the topic I kind of like derail a little bit there talking about suicide but yes I'm, I will find information about it so on the negative side then is that right um, we need to understand that that fear when we when it leads us to to again to the opposite direction of our desired outcome or the of what we need to do in order to survive then then that's very negative now as I've mentioned there is you know there's people who fear uh, not being able to lose weight from the perspective of wow I'm stuck I'm, I can't lose weight I'm afraid that I'm not going to be loved. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be liked or that I will not be able to fit or nobody is going to like me or I'm, I'm not going to be able to find a job and things like that. Um, but there is also the fear of not losing weight from the perspective of you've been recommended that you don't necessarily have to lose weight or losing too much weight will lead you to harm and you are afraid that if you stop doing that, then it'll lead you to harm. Uh, let, let me see if I can explain myself. So let's just say that you that uh, you who are right in front of this uh, camera or computer or are hearing. 
that you are a client of mine and what I do all of the assessments and things that I do as a, as a, as a fitness coach or a physical educator. I'm a personal physical educator more than a trainer. And I tell you, hey, I don't necessarily think that you need to, to keep losing weight. Okay, perhaps you need to gain a little weight. But since we are so focused on, uh, we're not focused, we are living in this so self, self-centered, not, it's not the concept. We're living in a weight loss centered society and a lean centered society in which we think that everything is weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. And that's what's going to fix every single issue in our lives. Sometimes I've told people, I have told people, Hey, perhaps you don't need to lose weight and they get afraid because they have been told so many times by doctors, by magazines, by social media, by friends, by everyone who thinks that weight loss is, uh, is, is the solution to every problem in the universe. They get this fear of, Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not losing weight or I don't have to lose weight, but they keep battling these things, uh, which, leads then to sometimes extreme weight loss, unnecessary weight loss, and things like that. And, and it leads to, to disorders and issue. Okay? And, and uh, sometimes these are more social things than, than, than any other aspect of health, right? The fear of not losing weight so that I can be liked. Uh, the fear of not dieting. When I tell people don't diet, uh, maybe you don't need that diet and they are afraid that if they don't do the diet they will not be healthy they're living in sort of this well it, it turns confusing to them and they become afraid of not doing it in many cases many people have stopped exercising with me because i've told them hey you know i don't don't do this diet because it, it's gonna hurt you or don't do this exercise program because it's gonna hurt you um, there's the fear of lowering exercise intensity and that's very interesting we have been somehow taught and told that we always need to do more and more and more and more and more that the stronger we get the more we need to strive for that the more weight we lose the more we need to look for to lose uh, that the heavier we lift then then the heavier we need to be lifting more and more and more and more and the fear of stopping that because of again how we think other people are going to see us or how we think that uh, these are the standards or these is what needs to be done then leads to injury in many cases it has led to uh, 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 very very dangerous injury people being quadriplegic or losing limbs because of these things uh, or even death okay so it is very important to, to understand that, yes, there is also the fear of, well, I'm going to the gym and I will not be able to perform, but there's also the fear of, I'm already an exerciser and I've been exercising so hard and I am afraid that if I stop doing what I'm doing, then it'll be bad. And that's also a bad thing, okay? That's what I mentioned and I keep mentioning and I've mentioned it many times in this podcast and to my clients and students that we need to find a midpoint in which things are more intuitive, okay? That, for example, if I know that I can lift, uh, let's just say, uh, I don't know, 350 pounds of something, 
does that mean that I need to be looking for more and more and more and more? What if I just physically can't lift more? Okay. Perhaps I don't have to lift more. Okay. And you ask this, yourself this question. It's like, what's the, like, what does lifting 350 pounds give to you functionally as an individual? Does it help you, help you live better? Uh, things like that. We need to consider these things. Okay. Another of the fears that I've, I've, I took a few notes here, uh, and I think I've just mentioned it with the previous fears, but the fear of changing exercise methods and eating habits. There is people who are so, uh, I don't know, the concept would be married or, or espoused or so into a specific method that for them changing, they fear having to change that. And they just keep getting more there's themselves more into whatever it is they're doing and sometimes again many cases leading to injury and harm or just simply getting stuck i've had clients who have been doing the same exercise program for over 10 years i mean come on over 10 years of the same thing and they are afraid that if they change they may lose why they what they have gained they're so into that that they are not seeing that they're not gaining anything. They are stuck. Um, what is that? There is that type of fear. Um, there is also the fear of doing things that others are not doing. Uh, and it relates to the previous ones, right? If, if I recommend someone that have been doing the same thing for many, many years, just because, well, the friends have been doing it with, with, with him or her and so on, when I recommend change, they be afraid. They get afraid of of changing that because changing that will represent, you know, their group not or their peers not wanting them to be part of the group or not liking them and so on. Okay. Another fear of uh, another fear that I understand is uh, plays a big role is the fear of exercising alone. And not necessarily from the perspective of if I exercise alone without knowing what I have to do, I will get injured. But the fear of exercising alone from the perspective of if I don't have anybody who tells me what to do or anybody with me, I will not be able to do it. it this is very important and a very, this is something that happens to me a lot. People I get, I consult, you know, a lot of people throughout every week. They call, it, they call me because they want my, uh, my advice or exercise programs on train or train with me or just looking for my, my services. And many people say, if it's not with a trainer, I will never do it. My response to that is if you are already thinking that if it's not with someone, you will never do it, you are just setting yourself to failure right away. Um, Yes, it is important. The social aspect of health is important and, the, and getting support from someone else is extremely important for us to survive. We're going to talk about the, the basic human needs. However, if, if you can't or if we cannot take the first steps to something from within, getting that motivation from within instead of looking uh, uh, from the outside, 
again, we're setting ourselves to failure. It is, it is that simple because that means that at the moment that you stop working with your trainer or you stop working with your friend or you start working with your teacher, you will stop working completely because you're expecting for someone else to give you the drive, to give you the motivation, to push you. And the idea is for us to be able to develop that inside. And I think that one of the things that are leading to a very negative aspect of health and fitness is the fear of aging too. We all age. We are aging from the moment we have been conceived. It, it is our reality. Although we don't see it at that point, we don't see it at that point. Since the moment we're born, we are aging and that never stops. And while exercise and while proper eating are extremely important for slowing the process of aging and to help us age better, stronger and more functional and more practical in this society and as individuals, too much of that then will lead also to unnecessary stresses and disorders and, and even injury uh, or even death. There has been many cases of people who are taking supplements, for example, and they die because of this. Uh, or they exercise, extremely exercise and they, and they end up getting injured and the aging process then is, it's, it's even worse or even faster because when we are injured and we need to follow, uh, you know, like get depressed and get extremely anxious and, and, and whatnot. So there is that fear. Now I know that I've mentioned these fears and there is, to my understanding or, and my knowledge, there is no research about these things from I think other professionals. It's just me kind of like philosophizing about uh, health and fitness and the negative aspect of these things and other fears that may exist that we need to be aware of. I think it is important to to not disregard them and and say, well, you know, this this guy is just talking crap. I would say just keep them into keep them into consideration and ask yourself, I mean, do you really need to lose weight, for example, and not be afraid of not losing weight uh, or you know, do you really need to diet and consider not be afraid of not dieting because these things are not uh, always necessary or not be afraid of lowering your exercise intensity or not be afraid of changing exercise methods or eating habits or not being afraid of doing something that others are not doing or not being afraid of exercising by yourself. I personally, I love exercising by myself. That is my therapy moment. That is the moment in which I just shut the world down or shut the world out and I am one with myself and the universe and nothing bothers me. And I just either put my music or I go to my uh, to the patio and I just listen to nature. And either my dog is running and while he fetches the, the, the toy, I do exercises or he just stays there with me. I think that exercising by myself leads to better understanding of who I am and what role I play in this society and also what role the exercises that I do play in me. And, uh, and in my opinion, personal and professional opinion, everyone should be able to exercise by themselves. We need to be able to find uh, a context and I want to cite someone, uh, something that I read 
on uh, on Instagram this morning, but not now. I'll just keep going a little bit. So, yeah. So, doing things by ourselves and having self motivation is always better. Uh, if yes, we can find inspiration outside. Yes, we can go to social media sometimes. I wouldn't recommend always go to social media to find inspiration uh, because there is so much out there, uh, and everybody having their own way of seeing things that you will just create noise in your mind. It'll create noise in your mind and you will not be able to kind of like sit down and relax and say, all right, this is it. Or create your own intuition about it for so much noise. Um, but either reading a book or finding a friend or a family member that has been successful, either, I don't want to say weight loss because uh, weight loss is... I think it, there's too much of it and, and, and I think that everyone is so focused on losing weight that we are taking the focus out of actual health and functionality and while I mean, and weight in general does not necessarily determine how healthy one person is or how much or how long that person will survive, will either survive or procreate. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is an old aside. It's funny because as a as a fitness professional, physical educator, and personal trainer, let's, uh, sometimes I'm hanging out with my wife. Uh, we we do like date nights and we leave the kids and we go and, and hang out. And sometimes either we're eating or, or getting a few drinks and we meet people, right? And everyone's like, well, well, you know, they ask the question always, hey, what do you do for a living and things like that? And I say, well, I'm a personal trainer or I'm a fitness coach. And the first reaction is, holy shit, yes. I know I have to lose weight. I'm drinking now, but I don't drink every day as if I was expecting for that. And I do have to blame mostly personal trainers for that. And I do have to blame mostly uh, most dietitians for that, for making everybody think that weight loss is the only way to be healthy and happy and belong and, and feeling that we have that we can belong in the world. And I can say with confidence, I blame trainers and I was that trainer. Uh, 10 years ago, I was that trainer that I would judge people who were uh, fat or obese uh, until I understood that weight has nothing to do with our functionality and how we uh, can or cannot survive or can or cannot belong in society or can or cannot perform uh, uh, and procreate. Let's just put it that way. So we, we, we are to blame for that. And also I would say the fitness industry and magazines and all of this information always saying weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. And there is nothing else. Everything is effing weight loss. And I, I, I think there is a responsibility for personal trainers and, and health and fitness professionals for us to carry the correct message and tell people we don't necessarily have to lose weight. Your weight does not determine how healthy you are. Your weight does not determine how well you can move either doing certain exercises or having sex or whatever it is. It does not determine anything actually. And as I said in the previous podcast, my previous podcast was titled In Defense of Fat People. And I was mentioning that that it doesn't necessarily determine how healthy one person is um, i've had clients who are a certain weight 
and you know they come to me with this idea or with this focus on hitting the ideal weight because that's what the doctor said and sometimes I look at him and I say look at me I mean wow, how much do you think I weigh and they are like well I don't know because you look lean and what I want not and I say well I weigh this amount and they're like no no way uh, and they get surprised when they see me either practicing certain exercises or teaching them exercises and they think wow or they say wow you know you make it look so easy and you're that heavy I think that we need to understand that it is how we handle and manage and uh, the weight that we are in how we can work with it versus losing it I think that's more important learning how to manage the way we have we are right now let's just say that I am I let's just say that I am a person of 250 pounds and I've never exercised uh, first of all we shouldn't even focus on losing weight because as we start exercising the body will start regulating that weight according to the demands that we are giving it and we have to also consider that that person will develop muscle mass uh, and that muscle mass also weights so and in, 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 in theory right this person will be a little more functional and a little healthier by exercising but not because of weight loss but be, just because of exercising and being more functional being capable to do or capable of doing having a better physical aptitude that's what it's all about and not necessarily about having six packs and things like that but yeah I mean it's funny uh, and it happened to me uh, it happened a while ago there is a, a Puerto Rican foot truck that I frequent with my family right and there is this sandwich that we have in Puerto Rico is called the tripleta which is a, a like a triple play is the, the translation right and it's a big sandwich with three different meats and it has salad and it has like little potato sticks and it has uh, mayonnaise with ketchup the mayo ketchup we invented mayo ketchup by the way I'm just kidding but it's true uh, and we eat that right and it's, it's, it's delicious and as a former chef I cannot deny flavors I cannot say wow I will not eat this so anyways we're eating there and there is this other uh, Puerto Rican family and the lady starts talking to my wife and well all, we ended up all talking and eating together and things like that that's a very important aspect of food and health right to socialize and to be able to get to meet others so anyways uh, the lady asked well what do you guys do when my wife says well I'm a sales and marketing director and I say I'm a personal trainer and the lady was eating one of those big sandwiches and she dropped it and the first thing that came out of her mouth just like many other thousands of times that had happened before is I know I need to lose weight I don't always eat like this I wasn't expecting that and I just laugh and I show her the sandwich that I'm eating which is the same and I say look I'm eating these I'm not judging here I think everyone should be able to eat whatever they want so don't think that I am thinking that you are irresponsible because you're eating this sandwich and that you have to lose weight I, 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 I didn't even, th even thought of that okay and that's very important that weight loss is not necessarily the thing to look for and it's not necessarily what determine, determines I'm sorry your health and fitness or physical aptitude 
or your belonging in the world. Okay? So, as I've mentioned, you know, coming back to the, to the topic, these things do lead to certain issues, right? Um, and I think, this my, my opinion, is that when we start fearing, these issues or disorders caused by these fears happen when we focus on superficial things. Okay, so we focus on weight loss, or we focus on getting leaner, or we focus on getting uh, or fitting on a certain dress, and, excuse me, or we focus or, on looking a certain way so that we can be accepted or validated by others. And these are things that are not essential for our survival. They're not essential, and they do not necessarily have to do with anything to do with our basic survival uh, or basic human needs okay and I've mentioned them before but I'm gonna mention them again I think they're worth the re-mentioning constantly uh, throughout the episodes so what are the basic human needs okay the first need is hunger okay uh, according to uh, many psychologists or um, oh, I forgot the name of psychologists uh, the, the, the pyramid of needs I think it was Piaget. I will just mention it in the in the description of the, of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, hunger, for example, and then you have the physiological hunger, which is the need for nutrients for us in order to survive, and that happens when we get hungry. One of the things that I mention a lot, and I recommend people when they say, "Well, what diet should what should I do?" And I never I I never recommend. Well, I I, I don't I'm not gonna say I never recommend, but for a couple of years now, I've been just getting out of the mentality of diets. And I tell people, eat when you're hungry. And that's as simple as that. What happens with that is when you are hungry, you eat. When you're not hungry, you don't eat. And you're letting your digestive system to kind of like reset and work and pull out the nutrients for the, from the food. Of course, when you eat, you eat, you know, uh, plenty of vegetables and plenty of, of, of meats and things like that. But you also enjoy every now and then or whenever you want uh, uh, you know whatever it is that you want to eat you just try to do it as 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 natural and less processed as possible I'm not saying don't stop eating processed food I'm saying as less as possible if you're looking for better health you know and, and literally health related things like blood pressure and sugar levels and things like that forget about weight let's just focus on what really matters okay and then there is a psychological hunger. And that's why I say, you know, you can eat whatever you want. If you crave a piece of cake, eat the piece of cake. Just don't eat the whole cake. And it's that simple, okay? If you feel like you are craving a chocolate bar, it's not because your body is asking you for X or what nutrient or because your anxiety levels are somewhere. No, eat the freaking bar and that'll take the cravings away. Just don't abuse the bars all the time, okay? And how do you get to the point of not abusing the bar all the time? Well, you balance your nutrition and you get plenty of vegetables and plenty of fruits and plenty of meats and plenty of chicken and plenty of fish and all of these things that are not necessarily processed so that your body gets all the necessary nutrients that you need and then you enjoy life too. I enjoy beer. For example, I enjoy whiskey, for example, I enjoy cakes, for example, I am making a cake today. 
and I am not gonna stop making that because people will think that I will be well I'm not eating clean or I'm irres irresponsible or not I feel great with myself I feel good I have checked all my vitals and they are great and there is no need for me to stop enjoying my life just because of a diet so my answer if you're looking for for an answer of what diet you can do eat when you're hungry eat mostly non non-processed food but then sometimes get and enjoy your life too don't call it cheating day forget about the cheating days cheating per se that word implies misbehavior that word implies not being loyal to something that word implies so many negative things that when you take one cheating day and you then force yourself the rest of the week uh, to to eat healthy uh, it'll lead to to disorders eating disorders it'll lead to physical disorders it'll, it can lead to mental disorders and when you stop doing the diet that you're doing forcing yourself the rest of the week to do it then you're gonna end up doing it worse so when you're hungry eat when you're craving something eat it don't abuse it though okay and that's pretty simple okay so the basic the first basic human need is hunger and we need to satisfy it okay when you wish for something get it and when you get hungry eat the next is affection okay and now it's very interesting because ultimately what what I've seen that many people are doing is looking for affection but for a superficial affection what I'm talking about when I talk about affection and many psychologists are talking about talking about affection and talk about and many evolutionary uh, uh, specialists or uh, um, psychologists and biologists talk about affection is how we interact with the rest of the world and how we either help them and they help us and how we accept who they are and how they accept us that is affection not how you like me because of my six pack of my big biceps or because of how I look hot in yoga pants or whatnot, but how I engage with them in a non-violent accepting way. That is affection. Okay. The next one is security. Basic human need is security. And again, not feeling secure when I enter into a pop because I'm wearing X dress or X shoes or X or looking X or Y way. But the what they what psychologists say is the is that it is the perception of safety of safety in the immediate environment. Okay, so that that is what we're talking about when we talk about the basic human need of security. So let's just say that I I well I live in Florida central florida pretty near to to disney world how safe do i feel when i go to disney how safe do i feel when i'm going in a date night with my wife or how safe do i feel when i go to the to the backyard to the patio and do my exercises because there is sometimes coyotes or snakes or other like bees and things like that how safe do i feel that's that is the basic human need i think that the better control of the body uh, better awareness and better problem-solving skills and agility and emotional stability that sense of security uh, uh, will be you know at a, at a higher state or at a better state 
okay? And then the next one in last uh, basic human need according to this uh, theory, and I'll mention the name of the psychologist because I forgot, I think it's Piaget, uh, Maslow, Abraham Maslow, okay? The, uh, the hierarchy of needs or the pyramid of needs by Abraham Maslow. I studied him years ago in college and I was looking for a name. So anyways, the next one is self-esteem, okay? Um, and one more time, I am not mentioning self-esteem as, you know, I, I feel great because I, well, I mean, it, it does, it does affect, but not from the perspective of because how you look or because you can fit in pants or because you can show your arms a little more. I have met people who are obese that have way better self-esteem than people who are fit. And it says a lot because what happens is what when you are so focused on being fit to get better self-esteem, you will get so focused on that and you will forget about everything else. And you will be anxious and you will be always feeling insecure of, uh, about yourself. And then you will just focus on doing more diet, more diet, more diet, more exercise, more exercise, more exercise. And it'll lead to disorder. So your self-esteem will be at the bottom. You may be looking good according to social standards, but looking good is not a physical thing. Looking good is a social thing. Looking good is in the eye of the beholder. It's how you behave and engage with other people confidently. It doesn't matter your weight or how you look, if you look fat or not. It's how you smile and accept other people how they are and how other people accept you as you are, okay? So that's what I'm talking about and what psychologists and Maslow says when we talk about self-esteem. These are the basic human needs, okay? Self-esteem also is the feeling, as it mentions here, the feeling that I have a purpose in life and in society uh, or within a close group like family, friends, work, school, things like that. So it's not how I look, it's how I am of value to them. And it's pretty simple if you are in a group that it, uh, that it's all about superficiality and it's the the only way for you to be part of that group is to superficial things and you are not of no value if you don't look a certain way or talk a certain way hey there is plenty of other groups in the world i think there is plenty of people in the world to so we can find a a, a purposeful uh, uh and, and more helpful group helpful group to to follow sorry about that sometimes my english get a little tangled but i think in order to and i want to talk about goal settings now i think that in order for us to be able to to challenge those fears and to meet the basic uh, the basic human needs we need proper goal setting um and goal setting is not just saying I want to hit certain weight because one more time weight plays no necessary role no necessary role in our survival our procreation or our belonging uh, and your subconscious will always fire back it'll say well what the heck are we doing here this is not necessary for me to be able to do okay for me to be able to do is uh, for me what is necessary is to be able to do to be able to socialize and, and either help others or get help from others, to be able to think, to be able to move around uh, in the environment that I live. And well, we live in different environments. So 
weight does not necessarily play a, 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 a rational role in this. Um, so I think that in order to deal with these things, we need to properly set goals and intentions. Uh, and to my understanding, the first step that we need to take in this goal setting is to define what it means, what the goals that we want to approach mean. Okay, let's use the example of, of weight loss because it might be sometimes a purposeful thing, right? If you go to the doctor and the doctor, after a thorough, assess, thorough assessment and after perhaps maybe a second uh, opinion from another doctor, they find that if you don't lose fat, for example, or exercise because uh, the levels of, of, of body fat you have are dangerous or the, the, the weight that you have is dangerous to your joints because you're having arthritis or things like that, then it has a purposeful meaning to lose weight, all right? It does because if you don't do it, you won't be able to survive more, okay? Which is what we want to do in, in, in the end. So in that case, weight loss has a purpose. But I think that the meaning, what, whatever goals that you want to set to yourself, you set them yourself, okay? Um, as a as a personal trainer, and this is something that I have always done. I, to my recollection, I've always been the person who says, "No, you set your goals, and I will help you get there." Oh, I will try to help you get there because we have to consider many things to to get the, to to those goals. But uh, and I've always I've always been against I mean, again working at gyms, working at studios, and personal trainers, and in many uh, uh, environments when someone else tells you this is what you have where you have to be well these are their goals they are not your goals and there is going to be a, a, a subconscious battle a mental or psychological battle within you and it's going to be super hard and sometimes impossible most likely impossible for you to reach that goal so you set your goals, right? Let's just say that you want to lose weight and let's just say because the doctor says and they determine that it is a necessity for you in order to live, that you need to lose weight. Well, it means that. It means survival. So you already determined what it means for you. Survival. Um, and in these cases, of course, yeah, you, I mean, then you set the goal or uh, I like to work with ranges of weight instead of a specific weight. So if you do really need to lose weight or you're so hell bent on losing weight and, and I decide to help you, then I would recommend ranges of weight. You want to lose between 10 and 20 pounds. You want to lose between 5 and 10 pounds. You want to lose between 50 and 40 pounds instead of saying 50 pounds exactly. Um, because I think one more time, it's, it's, when you set one specific number, considering all of the things and all of the randomness that it's going on in our lives, one number is, I think, very difficult to, to, to reach. Uh, or be less probable, let's just put it this way, less probable to reach. Okay, But when you have ranges, once you hit that range and you're between those ranges, then you don't have to worry that much. There is less stress in your life. In the end, we're looking for that. Stress is good, but it also 
can be negative if we stress too much about things that are not necessary. Uh, so let's just say that your doctor says that you have to lose weight and you, I would say, uh, and the doctor says, well, you have to lose 80 pounds right now. Then how about you put a range and say 70, 80, okay? You will still be doing what your doctor recommended. You will be start, you will start getting healthier because of exercises or better nutrition and things like that. Uh, but it'll be easier for you to hit a range versus hitting one specific number. Uh, and besides, aside from a doctor's recommendation or doctor's orders, when they are a live, life or death uh, uh, case, I think your, goal, your goals should be yours. And you define them and you define what they mean to you. You sit down with yourself and you define what it really means to lose that weight. What will it give you? And not goals from your friends, not from your family, not from a magazine, social media, or a book. Not what you think others will like, but what you think or what you understand or how you understand that you for real will feel. I'm sorry. When you hit that, when you get to that range or, or hit that goal. Okay. Um, I think you should ask yourself a couple of questions when you before you start uh, uh, setting goals too okay uh, one is it really necessary and I will go back to weight for example or diet do I really need to diet do I really need to lose weight do you really 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 need to get this specific diet have you considered or, or, or all of the aspects of engaging into that diet your knowledge about it, your knowledge about general nutrition, your patience with these things, your budget, uh, uh, your regular life, right? If you have kids and a job and and, and, a, and a partner in life and things like that, you have to consider these things. Is it going to be easy for me to do it if, uh, if I start doing it right now? Perhaps I can do something else. Perhaps I can do, well, I don't have the money for a diet. Then I can do something else. What else can I do? And I think to understand that or to determine whether it is necessary or not you need to find context and and proper intention so this morning i was going to mention i uh, mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago wow i think this has been my longest uh podcast um i i there is this person that i follow in instagram uh, and it's called the movement project or the moving project i think it's a, a guy in new york city who uh specializes or help people move around in different ways the exercises are i would say more free free flow type of movement versus the traditional push pull push pull exercises in my understanding they are uh, better exercises for develop functionality and practicality in life okay um, i'll just put it that way and in his in his instagram he he posted a question and he says um, and I'll, I'll post this, uh, his link to Instagram also, uh, so you can follow him. I think it's, uh, these are pretty cool videos and, and education there. So anyways, he talks about finding context when we exercise, okay? That one of the things that we're missing is context. That without context, we need motivation, okay? There is this guy... Uh, that mentioned one day, uh, uh, David Goggins, that mentions one day that motivation is bullshit. Uh, and to some point it's true. 
Well, motivation is bullshit when we look for it outside, when there is no meaning, when there is, when there is no context, as this person mentions in his Instagram, when there is no real context, context with our lives and the, the, the basic needs, then it is bullshit. Motivation should come out from you. It should be what moves you around, what gives you drive. But it needs to come from you when you really understand the context of the things that you want to do and when you really understand the meaning of the things that you want. Um, I think it's very important. I read about a book that I'm, I'm, I'm crazy to read. I haven't I bought it, buy it yet. Uh, and it's all about that. The, the, from a psychologist uh, called Jordan Peterson and it's talk about, uh, it talks about the, the importance of meaning. Okay? And I, I, the, the way we can give meaning to things that we want in our life and meanings of our lives. But I think if we don't have meaning and we don't have context and we let someone else, an Instagram post, uh, some, uh, a, a model or an, an, art, an actor, we let that be our motivation, there will be never context and you will just be lost. It needs to come from you, from within. Um, and he mentions, uh, the guy from the Moving Project, he, project, he mentions that that's why it's so hard for people to be consistent with exercise. And I do agree with it. I do agree with him. Um, over 16 years, I've been training people. Uh, one more time, so gyms, as an independent trainer, as a physical educator, as, uh, as a group instructor. And they always, they always come and they always go most of the time. And mostly because of that, there is no context. There is no actual definition of what it means for them. There is no actual practical application to these exercises into their life. And what I'm saying is that there is no I mean, actual meaning. I mean, if you come to exercise because you want to get a six pack, a six pack will not give meaning to your life. It is a very superficial thing. And your psyche and your uh, subconscious will fire back it'll be in conflict because it does not give anything and you will be so focused on getting that that you're ignoring and ignoring the rest of the things that are important to yourself that many people just fail for that there is no actual context and i want to be clear with something because we see magazines and we see bunch of Instagram and Facebook posts with people showing their six packs, it doesn't mean that everybody is able to get there. It means that we are being bombarded with pictures of these people using filters, <laughs> mostly filters. And we are thinking, wow, a lot of people is doing it because of this diet or because of this exercise program. And it doesn't work that way. Uh, and we have to be really careful with that because then we fall in the, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the claws of, these programs that are taking our, our money and we might end up even injured. Excuse me. So when uh, then the guy from the moving project and I keep saying the guy because I don't know his name, but uh, I'll, I'll write him anyways. I will cite him here in the, in the, in the description of the video. So when there is no necessity tied to an exercise program, then we fail and it is entirely true when there is no actual need for an exercise program we end up failing uh, when there is no actual need for a diet then when we end up we end up failing and sometimes or many times hurting ourselves physically psychologically socially or intellectually we end up failing 
So we need to find context. We need to say, what does it mean to me? What will it give me? How will it will help me be a better person, a better functional, practical human being individually and in society. Okay. And I'll mention again, looks, six packs, tight asses and losing weight doesn't do not make us better people necessarily and do not make us better human beings uh, individually and better practical in society. Okay. So we need to really understand that. And questions that we should look and, and, and another question that we need to ask ourselves in my understanding is, can I do it? Let's just say that I want to lose weight and you're, again, you're so hell bent in losing weight. Can I really do it? Can I really get there based on my experience, on my actual physical condition, on the time that I have, on my job, on everything that surrounds my life? Can I really do it and be realistic? And if you can't do it, what else can you do? Because it's not the end of the world, but what can you do? Or how, what other approach can you do to be able to at least uh, uh, start the path to get to that goal? Okay. What do I need or what do I think I need to learn? And it's very important too. And these are the first, the questions you need to consider before even setting goals. And then I'm always a big proponent of smart goals. This is something that goes uh, in psychology in education and, and in fitness training and even in athletic training, but we use the term smart goal and smart as, as the word, but it also uh, it would be an acronym. Um, so the S and we divided right in different words, smart and the S well, normally there's one S and it is specific. I think specific, I put, I, I got three S's in my, three S's in my smart, I said four, three S's in my, in my smart goals or in my view of how or what smart goals should be. The first is small. Goals should be small, small enough for you to be able to get to them with a little challenge, but easy enough not to get frustrated and quit. And this is very important. And small could be a relative thing. Let's just say that you want to lose 10 pounds. That's considered a small amount of weight to lose. But let's consider if you haven't exercised in, 50, in, in 20 years, like I've had people calling me and they say, well, I haven't exercised in 20 years, but I don't need to lose 50 pounds. It's not much. And I'm like, well, consider the time you haven't done anything. Consider if you have injury. Consider if you are, don't know what to do then that number 10, for example, will become a big challenge. So perhaps you lower it a little bit. Perhaps a goal doesn't have to be a number. Perhaps that goal can be, okay, for the first three weeks, I will be, I will stay exercising without quitting and I will exercise for 15 to 20 minutes a day. That's a good goal. You will be active, you will be moving, and then you will at, at, let's say that during the first three weeks you, you stick to that, then you have accomplished that goal and then you move to another goal and so on. Okay. Goals need to be sustainable you, for you to be able to do it for long periods of times or for as long as you can maintain them. If you hit a goal, let's just say a range of weight for a specific occasion, 
that's not sustainable and that will represent stress and that will represent a challenge and that will represent uh, psychological and intellectual conflict so i would say find something that is more meaningful and that you can sustain i'm not going to say sustain for the rest of your life because no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow okay so let's just say that the rest of your life life is every second that passes you know uh, or that it's coming uh, throughout the day okay and you sustain it as long as you can and then specific and as i said it doesn't have to be a number you could be specific in saying i want to exercise i want to be able to exercise five days a week and if you're a person who haven't exercised in many years and you don't have the discipline then let's just say that you started the first week and you didn't exercise for two days and you and next week you're pushing yourself until you are able let's just say that in a month you are able to exercise five days a week then as a goal you have hit your goal of exercising five days a week and to my understanding that's more important than the goal of uh, uh, getting a specific weight okay you can measure uh, uh, by quality instead of quantity maybe my goal is to be able to for example there was a moment that I stopped exercising this is true I stopped exercising for a while I used to live in Austin Texas and I was uh, uh, I was heavier than I am right now and I wasn't able my I was I had a back injury and I wasn't able to carry my daughter and this is something that happened to many people too but in my case I wasn't able to carry my daughter so my goal was to be able to carry my daughter not just one time but as much as I can either carry it in my arms or in my shoulders or be able to just move her or lift her if she falls and get injured or just for a simple hug because there was the point that I couldn't even lean forward and pick her up to give her a kiss so my goal was to be able to do that and then I in my case having study education we uh, use a lot of rubric type of, of assessment so I said well I can I cannot perform right now because pain for example that's one part of a rubric then I moved it to the point that I can perform but there is a little uh, pain uh, I can still do it and then I can perform it without pain and I, I can perform it uh, uh, optimally and that way there is no numbers focus numbers sometimes tend to 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 get us uh, out of out of order focusing just on numbers is, is not necessarily the way to be healthier and more practical okay so small sustainable and specific these are that's, that's the s of smart all right i would say smart then the m is for measurable you need to be able to measure this sometimes quantity sometimes quality quantity as the example that I just gave you you know I want to be able to exercise five uh, days a week well once you hit that quantity then you have hit your goal then you measure by the amount of days you exercise per week from the moment you you started to the moment that you are able to do that okay or I want to be able to run a mile that's quantity but when we use quantity for weight or for let's just say circumference and the waist or chest or things like that we our body varies so much throughout the day that one specific number will be difficult so I would say use ranges instead 
And again, I am not a weight loss trainer or weight loss fitness coach. I most of the time tell everybody and my clients, including that we should not focus on weight loss when we exercise and we should not focus on having a specific measurements when we exercise. But if you are focusing on that, I have no one to tell you not. At least I will recommend you to focus on ranges of measurements versus that even with running, let's just say you want to run a mile uh, and it's hard for you to do perhaps and you want to do it within a week. Hey, perhaps let's just say that the first week I want to run, I, I want to run between 0.75 or three quarters of a mile in a mile. And then from up, you just keep working to that. Okay. So that's measurable. It needs to be attainable. You need to be able to do it. And that goes back to the questions that you need to ask before goal setting. Can I do it? Realistically, can I do it? Do I have the money? Do I have the support? My family will support me. My friends will support me. Not they will. Not that they will validate or, or tell you that you can do it or not, but will they, they be able to help me uh, control myself when eating or they will be able to sometimes remind me, hey, how about you exercise a little bit now? Where are you going to exercise? Things like that. Will you be able to do that realistically according to your own individual reality not to that of your neighbor that got really hot or that your you know cousin that got really pumped but to your own individual reality can you attain it it needs to be attainable realistic all of these things that i've been saying prior to this lead to this one they need to be realistic okay if you are a person for example i am uh, a person with uh, thick bones I am a tall, I'm six feet three. Uh, realistically, me going down to 150 pounds, it's, it's almost impossible. I will, I've gone to 200 pounds and I look like, a, like I'm sick. So realistically, can I do it? Realistically, would I be good? Realistically, would I feel good when I hit that goal? Will I really feel good? Will I feel like I am more functional in my life? Will I really feel that I can perform better? And perhaps if you hit that goal, if you don't feel that way, then what else it is that I have to do to feel that way naturally and motivated by myself? Okay. And they have to be, I would say, time oriented. Uh, but again, with realistic expectations. Okay, you can say, again, if you're so hell-bent in losing weight and you say, well, I need to lose weight and I'm going to lose weight in three months. Let's just say three months. Perfect. In three months, I want to be between the range.